0: Welcome to September's edition of BBRO Beatcast. I'm Francesca Broom, your host and knowledge exchange manager for BBRO. This month we join Professor Mark Stevens at the BBRO trial site over in Bridgem to discuss the instance of foliar disease and virus in 2021. So it's lovely to be out in the sunshine with you today Mark, We're over at Bridgem, looking at the BBRO box trials. And I can see that certainly here in our inoculator trials we've got a bit of virus, but what have you seen around the area?
1: Well, hi Chez, great to see you in person for a change rather than looking at a screen. And it's also nice to see the sunshine for a change because uh, the last week or so has been incredibly cloudy and we may be in August, which should be summer, but I think August starts with an A for a reason these days, A being autumn. But uh, hopefully in the next uh, couple of weeks we'll see a lot more sunshine, which will hopefully enable these crops to bulk up and put some sugar into the roots, which is really important as we go into to the early part of the autumn and start thinking about uh, factory opening mm-hmm. But when it comes to diseases, we are at uh, Bridgem uh, near Thetford, where we've got part of the virus yellows uh, research that we're undertaking, Alastair Wright and I, and we're seeing some really subtle differences in symptom expression with the different varieties we've got uh, here in the trials. This is only a small part of a much larger project that we've got elsewhere in parts of Suffolk and Norfolk, and uh, symptoms are showing quite widely in the beet yellows plots, uh, very little differentiation between the varieties there but we are seeing some quite big differences where we've inoculated with beet mild yellowing virus which is really encouraging because it does show that some of the varieties that are coming ultimately commercially will offer tolerance or partial resistance to beet mild yellowing virus
0: and certainly from from what we can see here mark it's not just a case of one variety has a tolerance to beet mild there could be quite a number
1: Yeah, well, there's eight varieties in this trial, and clearly we are seeing more than two or three showing it, which is encouraging that there are a portfolio of varieties that hopefully in the coming years will provide the growers uh, some opportunity for them to actually exploit this material as part of their integrated aphid stroke virus management strategy uh, for controlling uh, virus yellows. The problem being in the early varieties, there's often that trade off in yield. Uh, Clearly the breeders are making good progress uh, and hopefully uh, that yield difference in the absence A a virus will uh, decrease with time, and then hopefully, ultimately, we'll get varieties that have both beet mild yellowing virus and beet yellows virus. We also mustn't forget about beet chlorosis as well to provide that all-encompassing package of virus resistance and tolerance that we need uh, under UK conditions. But I I suppose what is really worth emphasising, uh, as we stand here, all this is artificially inoculated. Uh, We've reared the aphids uh, in the glasshouse facilities at BBRO in Norwich. They've all been hand-inoculated to guarantee infection, and we know when those plants have been infected. But it does emphasise the importance of the virus yellows forecast that BBRO issued, working with colleagues at Rothamsted. And that cold weather that we did have back in February made a major impact on overwintering aphid populations and I hopefully... Just about all growers and agronomists will agree, we have seen very little virus yellows in 2021. That is what we were predicting back in March, and the good news is that's uh, come to reality. I know some of you would have applied one, possibly two sprays, particularly in the berry area, but I've been driving around all four factory areas in the last two or three weeks. There's very little virus to be seen, and classic small patches or just odd plants. And uh, that is a consequence, one of the best insecticides we've got is a cold winter.
0: And it bodes well really for all the work that we are doing here because although we've got Brightest in the field and a lot of these varieties are almost ready for commercial <laughs> sale now aren't they yeah
1: they're, they're at that stage we're in the next uh, one or two years and in fact we've also got Marusha in here from kws which will be available for 2022 there's a pipeline in here uh, and you will see that progression uh, and with time you'll see more and more uh, varieties that offer that trait claim for virus yellows but specifically for beet mold yellowing virus and i suppose that is the challenge as i've already highlighted unfortunately virus yellows is three different viruses and it's so important to have the overall package to be able to stop all three viruses and that's the challenge with the conventional approach because of the difficulty to find those resistance genes that you can then breed into the varieties to give that uh, necessary protection uh, for yield.
0: And it does show that we had to inoculate this year because when we look at the RL um, strip trials that we've got on the demo farm sites there's very little virus there at all so in comparison with we have these trials which certainly with the beet yellows is really really yellow and yet when we've gone to our own rl strips there's hardly anything to be seen is there
1: yeah and that again reflects the importance of making sure you can challenge the material with the viruses so you can actually appreciate and understand it if we would relied on natural infection this year we would have really got very little data and some of the trials we did put in place we deliberately didn't inoculate for that reason to look at the implication of natural infection we were very little information from that. So, yeah, we've reared over 90,000 equivalent plants for inoculation. It's a major undertaking. It's one of the strengths of BBRO. We've probably got the biggest virus yellows trial program in Europe, if not the world this year. Uh, And I must admit, it looks absolutely fantastic and it's really showing the differences. Uh, we may be at Thetford today, but uh, yesterday I was at Bury St Edmunds where we've got the other trials uh, which will be taken to yield as well. Uh, aphids, fortunately, have walked in straight lines. The viruses are in the right place and I'm anticipating some really interesting yield data. So it's one to keep an eye on because clearly virus yellows under our conditions hasn't gone away. It's been a blip, I think, for 2021. Let's hope that continues and we do get some cold winter as we go forward. So we must be mindful that these varieties uh, aren't going to solve it overnight. The challenges of finding alternative approaches is clearly there. Uh, The neonicotinoid seed treatments uh, aren't coming back, even if we can get them back in the short term through emergencies. Uh, And so it's trying to find that wider protection approach uh, that really will solve virus yellows in the future. We will get there. We are getting all sorts of innovation coming forward that BBR are involved in and collaborating with, but it won't be a one-stop shop for stopping virus yellows like we've been used to in the past.
0: And you've just touched on the fact we've got very little natural infection for virus yellows. But what about generally on
1: other foliar diseases? So uh, as we stand today, actually, uh, the conditions that we have uh, are really not favouring anything in particular that's very different to where we were 12 months ago uh, where we had that major outbreak of cercospora really on the back of some very hot temperatures and we would have thunderstorms uh, and lots of rain Uh, basically we're seeing a bit of everything but at low levels it's not difficult to walk into any field at the moment and see a sprinkling of cercospora i don't think i've been in a field in the last 10 days and not found cercospora but it may be just the odd lesion or two or the odd plant that may be showing some stronger symptoms clearly there's some powdery mildew out there and if the forecast is right over the next 10 days where it's going to be dry uh, and warm uh, that could continue to develop but once we get into the middle of September onwards then I really don't worry too much about powdery mildew. We are also seeing some rust uh, in some fields depending on variety uh, and location just keep an eye on rust because if we start to get dewy mornings and cooler conditions as we go into September that's the disease that potentially could take off but if you've been uh, on your game with uh, your fungicide programme then hopefully that will have dealt with that or continue to deal with that if you apply in September. We've also seen a bit of uh, foma, uh, a bit of ramularia too. So you name it, we've seen it, but nothing that's worrying me uh, at the moment, although I should never say never. The Cercospa is one that we do need to keep watching, but without the warmth, without the uh, leaf surface wetness, then I don't think it will be anything like what we saw in 2020 and we also haven't got plant health compromised by virus yellows this year and that's another major component and why we're not seeing the levels
0: and certainly from the growers that we've spoken to most of them have got certainly treatment one on a lot of people put treatment two on and yep. uh, people are making the assessment for a treatment three just to get them through winter months aren't
1: they yeah i think people are conscientious about what happened with cacospa last year uh, and and so are mindful of the impact that had on yield and they are also thinking about delivery and whether or not they're going to be sending beet into the factory in sort of December, January, probably February time. And from BBRO trials work in the past, you know, potentially a third spray in September or a very push at, at first week in October, there are benefits in some years from that third spray, particularly on sugar content after Christmas.
0: And we're all hoping that we're, the sun that we've got today is going to continue. And the beat will continue to put a bit of weight on because at the moment... Some of the roots are still looking a little bit lacking, aren't they?
1: Well, the, these that we're looking at today uh, actually were some quite late, so uh, actually didn't go in until June as part of the trial design. So, uh, but I was in some beet yesterday and the roots were enormous, which I was really, really impressed. So there's a, there is some variability out there, as you probably expect at this time of year.
0: So one of the um, unusual things we've found this year is uh, new pests. Well, not quite new to the UK, is it? But uh, can you tell us a little bit more about this? Tortoise beetle.
1: Yeah, so uh, you never quite know what the next sample is going to be in the plant clinic. It's always the joy or the challenge of doing plant clinic. And remember, plant clinic's there to be used and to help. Uh, Please, if you do, uh, provide the necessary paperwork to make our lives as easy as possible. Last week, uh, we received some photographs of a pest I'd never seen before in the UK and that is of uh, tortoise beetle. Now the last time I saw tortoise beetles was about 13, 14 years ago in North Africa, in Morocco Uh, and uh, I never thought I would see this pest in the uk particularly in my career but i think it's a consequence for two things climate change because it likes it much warmer and actually it's not a new pest it has been found in the uk in the early 1990s which is probably pre the neonicotinoids and we know that they are effective at controlling it but it's a beetle that is about a centimeter in length and it looks like it's got a shell like a a tortoise. And unfortunately, in the field in question, it's devastated about three hectares and basically stripped all the foliage off it. And it's one we're watching uh, closely, and we've sent samples away for confirmation of species to back up what we've been finding up to the labs in Ferra. But it's one that we keep an eye on. We have had further reports since the initial identification in the Brandon area so if you are concerned about uh, canopy being defoliated then please let us know although we are aware of other things like hail damage and caterpillar damage that it could be confused with but it just shows you it's really important that we continue to monitor the changing pests and pathogens because certain things that we have today may fade away, but there'll be other things that may well take its place. But uh, tortoise beetles are relatively straightforward to see and spot, unlike aphids. Uh, but unfortunately they make a mess of the crop. So uh, we're also going to try and work out on that particular field the yield implications. So one to watch.
0: But there isn't any treatment that we know of as yet, is there? Uh,
1: so there are treatments. I've been doing some homework and, and uh, talking to colleagues across Europe. As I said, it's normally a problem of North Africa, Central, Eastern Europe, uh, and it's also been in, identified in places like uh, Spain. We believe that the seed treatments uh, would do... Uh, a reasonable job at controlling it and possibly put as a spray as some of the uh, spanish data is suggesting so it looks like it but again it's, uh, it won't be on the label in the uk and it's something we're going to have to closely monitor so if you are concerned please get in touch please send us some photographs and we'll do our best to try and identify it
0: and obviously the, the more cases we have reported the, the more work we can do now to try and protect the industry in future
1: yeah correct and Uh, is this going to be an intermittent problem uh, in certain years or is it going to gain a foothold where actually we're going to have to think of a strategy for controlling it. And at the moment, I can't call that. But we do need to know... More about its life cycle and its implication for growing crops in the future, but we need to put it in context. And it's only two or three fields so far, and uh, yeah, we will continue to see uh, if it's going to spread from there. But as I said, one to watch.
0: And generally, the crop is looking fantastic this year, isn't it? I mean, certainly the uh, canopy for most of the varieties is brilliant, and it's probably the best year we've seen for the last four or five.
1: I think, I, th- I think it has been a good year for sugar beet this year, uh, although. We're Got to remember uh, that we did have a very cold April, which caused some problems. Again, in the plant clinic, we were seeing plant loss because of frost in pockets. Not as bad as the French situation, but we did have several hectares that had to be re-drilled because of frost and then it went wet in May but I've never seen the crop grow so quickly in June it just went through the growth stages uh, and that's why we have been able to benefit from that light interception although we need more sunshine uh, but as we know now at the end of August we know when the factories are opening uh, and the first one will be Bury St Edmunds in the middle of September so there'll be those growers who base their sugar beet harvest on an, an early lift and will be planning for that in, can't believe it, two, two, two and a year. half, yeah, two weeks' time, and then will be wanting to get their wheat or their uh, crops behind it. So every farm will have their strategy, uh, and uh, you know if you're planning for an early lift, uh, for some that's not that far away.
0: That's great, thanks, Mark. Uh, lovely to spend time with you and, again, looking at the crops here and seeing how the work we're doing here at BBIO is really pushing at the boundaries and bringing some kind of conclusion to the industry when it comes to managing with virus yellows. So all the best and we'll hope to catch up with you very soon. So as we leave Mark at Bridgem, we now wish all of the growers a good start to harvest and let's hope that this weather uh, brightens up a little bit for everybody. If you have time, please do try and catch up with the BBRO team at the Demo Farms. That's the 1st of September through to the 6th of September at Thorny, Dis, Morley and Bracebridge. Uh, you can book via the BBRO website. That's BBRO.co.uk forward slash events. Hopefully we'll see you there. If not, we hope to catch up with you very soon. Thank you for listening.